What's up, world? It's Katrina. And Marlena. And this is Excess Baggage. The podcast where two friends in their 30s unpack all of life's baggage. This episode, we are unpacking grief after letting go. Okay, let's start the show. What's your baggage today? <laughs> I would say the California heat <clears throat> because it's kind of disrespectful here. It was like 90, 91 degrees today. And um, I was pretty much in the dark most of the day. I didn't have none of my curtains drawn or anything because I was like, that's how the heat gets in. And <laughs> I didn't want to turn on my AC. So I was just trying to cool off and all that jazz. So... Yeah, I would say the heat really is my baggage. Um, I'm getting a little tan though, so it's okay. Hey. But, um, you know, I got to watch out for that though. Because, you know, we light bright. So I'd be the first one with some freaking sunscreen on. Even though, <laughs> even though um, my guy used to say, who knows what's in inside the sunscreen like what's protecting you from the sun and I'm like like, chemicals babe chemicals right so yeah so that's my baggage (laughs) what about you what's your baggage today I'm definitely feeling that whole sun thing I wasn't in the dark all day because it would be really awkward to do therapy sessions in the dark so I turned my lights off before we started recording because it's still hot as shit in here. Yes, <laughs> and it right. is going on eight o'clock at night and I don't understand. Right. Um, it is nighttime. <laughs> That's why it's even worse. It's worse because you're like, really? Uh, the sun has gone down. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I think it got worse, though. Like, I've been in the office most of the day. And I'm pretty sure it holds more heat at nighttime or something because it was not this hot earlier in the day at peak sunshine. So I don't know what that's about, but I will definitely be setting up my AC in the coming week because it is hot as shit and I can't do this. I think that's that's part of my baggage. The other part of my baggage is I have not really slept well since LA opened up because I was outside (laughs) having a life (laughs) and... Your girl is tired. <laughs> like, it's been a lot. Too much happened in life. It has been a lot. And, you know, now that it is opening back up, I keep thinking like, man, every time I see that meme that says outside is open and it's expensive, it is expensive. It's really expensive. I'm like, dang, how was I doing this before? I <laughs> <laughs> clear whether it became more expensive while we were inside or if I just forgot how much money I was spending. I think maybe you forgot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not clear about that. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Well, <laughs> I don't know if this conversation <laughs> is going to pick you up, but today's, <laughs> <It's not. laughs> but today's episode is about grief after letting go. Mm-hmm. And... I'm going to let you take the lead on this one because you are going through grief counseling right now. And this will be nice to hear how that is going, first of all, or explain to me what is specific (laughs) grief counseling. I'm like, I mean, I know there was grief counselors. No, back. let me back up. I know there's grief counselors, but I usually think about them like, you know, when a family member or like if you were married, you know, if you're like a wife or 
husband and they, you know, they pass too soon or something like that. And, you know, right. a person goes through a series of just like grief and they need that help and they have like groups for that. But yeah, I'm not going like too, too personal up in your business, but just wondering what, how is that going? Um, That's a great question. So a lot of my, okay, so two things. One, in the last nine months, I have lost three people. So that is definitely what you mm. are describing, that need of like moving through all of that. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about grief after letting go today in particular was because of the conversation that we had about letting go and this idea of letting go of people who are still here. And I think that layer of grief is different. It's a different type of grief. Um, it shows up in a lot of the same ways, but I feel like it's more challenging, at least for me, to let go or rather to grieve and maybe even to let go as well when people are able to be here and they're just not, whether because I'm making the decision for them not to be or they're making the decision not to be. Mm. Um, and so part of my counseling around that is related to past traumas that I won't completely get into, but are related to like that aspect of, of life where people are not showing up in ways that I would like them to. And so mm. whenever I start having experiences of people not showing up, that triggers some trauma responses for me. And it's really challenging and I have a hard time letting go and I have a hard time moving through the grief and the grief is really hard. So that's a lot of what we are diving into and talking about in therapy right. it's like where where is that experience in my past um because I can't even completely name it but it's definitely triggering something and so diving into that figuring out what that looks like and realizing that maybe it has to do with just ways that people have constantly maybe not one episode but constantly not shown up for me in my life and chosen mm. to do other things instead right and that's <laughs> I guess that's my ongoing baggage is trying to control the situation mm, because mm -hmm. if someone, my version of like, if someone's not showing up for me or when that has happened, which it has, you're not alone. That has happened to me quite a, a lot. I will go above and beyond to try at least to be the very best, best, best version of Marlena. Right. Like right. Always showing up when I can, just being a, a people pleaser mm -hmm. um, and not in a good way. I don't know if there's a good way. I, I, I would say, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe not a good way. Like, of course, I guess for me, it's always been the backstory of that is always hearing do unto others how you want people to do, do to you, right? Mm -hmm. So treat others well, because that's ultimately what you want in return, you know, it should be a mutual thing. Mm -hmm. And so I never, I also never wanted their behavior to change who I was naturally. Sure. But right. I think that overall that it ultimately would anyway, because each experience brings forth an experience, right? So that's right. your, you know, relationship that you had with that person or that situation. Mm -hmm. And it's going to carve, it's going to shape you basically. Right. And so I just always felt like, okay, well, I'm not going to let them change me. I'm not going to let them change me. But I think there has to be like a natural balance yeah. and it shouldn't yeah. or shift and it shouldn't be so like, I have to do this, you know, 
not necessarily because I want to, but because I'm trying to prove something Mm -hmm. or I can always say, oh, they don't, they can't say anything bad about me. Right. 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 And then when I hear something said that is bad about me, it's very hard to hear because I know like the lengths of which I've tried at least. Right. And where I've failed in some departments, I always want to do better. Yeah. So whether I know what that is, if I know what do better is in that department, right. if I don't Whatever know for that, but I, I'm always looking to that person. Like, so what is that for you? You know, what do mm-hmm. I need to do to make this right kind of thing? And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. what's the point of doing that? Like, if they don't want to be here, they don't want to be here, you know? Right. So I just feel like, yeah, letting go and grief kind of go hand in hand. Absolutely. Because... Once you start that process of letting go, like that grief is sure to like follow behind and they kind of can be the same, you know, exactly the same. (laughs) Um, And then you might not ever truly grieve them. Yeah, I completely agree on so many (laughs) levels. And I think that sometimes the grieving can start before the letting go really even truly happens. Or maybe... I don't know. It's in my mind. It sounds really complicated because in my mind, even maybe when you start to think about even wanting to let go, that is a part of the letting go process. And then the grief begins then. And then you start to put that in action. And then there's grief that happens then too. And then you get to the point where they're completely gone or you're no longer in communication with them. And then there's grief with that too like there's so many layers of it and it just there's so many moments of grieving and letting go and grieving and letting go that it's I don't know sometimes that's also challenging it's like with each step you almost start over I guess yeah there's definitely a tug of war Mm -hmm. it's definitely intertwined Um, yeah and it's harder for me that 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 um the piece that you said about like they they have a choice right so it's harder for me when I know that this person is choosing not to show it. Mm-hmm. Cause for me, I'm like you where I'm like, all right, what do I need to do? Right. How do I make myself better? How do I show up fully in this scenario? And at some point I have to realize that like, I've done all I can do. I've expressed my wants, needs, and desires. I've given them time and space to, you know, make shifts and changes. I've continue to follow up. I've continued to listen. I've done all the things that I can do humanly possible um, that feel good in my sphere without completely breaking my own boundaries. And so this person is not showing up and maybe they're actively choosing or maybe they're just not able to because of whatever's going on in their lives. They don't have the capacity or whatever the case may be. And it's one, not personalizing that, but two, it's like part of the grief is realizing that this person is just not capable or willing in this moment or maybe ever to show up for you. And that's hard. It's different when someone passes or dies, like they're not there. Right. <laughs> physically cannot right. interact with that person. But if they are still present and on this earth, it's challenging to know that they're choosing to not be present in the way that you want or need, regardless of what you've asked for. Hmm. I think it can get tricky though, with parental type situations. Um, Okay. Because I feel like even if your parent hasn't shown up for you the way that you want them to, 
I mean, do you ever really rid yourself of that parent? I don't think so, because I think that you'll always something about them or they're they are part of you, right? They created you. Mm-hmm. So they could be the worst, but I feel <laughs> like it, it's never going to be like, you're never going to really be rid of that. I think you grieve in a way, like I grieve the version of, you know, my father or my mother that I want, that I expected them to be, or that I wanted them to be. Yeah. Um, you grieve that, but you, I just, you just have to find a way of letting go your baggage, I guess, letting go your baggage, expectations, yeah, Yeah. your expectations, and just being able to move forward with the relationship that you have um, at hand. And, you know, I can say that I'm not very good at it, (laughs) you know, Um, and I think naturally speaking, you want to keep trying, Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like the evolution of life. I keep seeing people like grow old and I just keep thinking about me growing older. Like eventually that's going to be me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would want the my family, at least I would want to leave this world like being good with my family. Absolutely. And that's going to be really challenging for me, but Mm. I think I'm going to at least try. Like I said, I think I have to get to that stage of just grieving like that person who I wanted them to be and just accepted them for who they are. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think that that is exclusive to parents or family members, because I feel the same way we've talked here and there um, about me grieving friendships. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about these friendships where you talk, I think, in the letting go episode about how you had to shift. Right. And just understanding that the relationships are shifting, not necessarily that these people can't be in your life at all anymore, but you have to shift your expectation of what that relationship looks like. And so I feel the same way that you do about your parents. I feel the same way about friendships where. I still love this person and I care about this person and they love me and care about me. And so we are probably going to stay in each other's orbits. But what does that look like? And part of that is letting go of my expectation for them to show up in certain ways and to show up consistently or at the time or in the ways that I want them to, because maybe they don't have the capacity or the ability or they're just not willing. And my it is my expectation or my my wants, needs, and desires, right? A friendship that they show up in that way, but that is what's causing me the distress is because I want you to show up in this way and you are not capable or willing to do that. And so then I get hurt. I am -hmm. the one who's then, you know, feeling the need to um, let go or grieve because now I'm not getting my needs met. But I also think that like, okay, maybe that's a part of life. It's just hard. Right. <laughs> like it's just really hard. Yeah. And I do like <laughs> I always look at my my grandparents and like although they're you know they're older, I just think about the fact that they don't have a lot of friends. Yeah. Like, they don't have a lot of friends. And I'm not talking about they don't have a lot of friends because they died. I'm just saying that they really didn't have a lot of friends. And I used to think that was weird. And then now that I'm getting older, I'm like, hmm. So I see like friendship. Not that I didn't know this before, but friendship really is like something you have to work at if you really want to like remain like close. And if you don't or if both parties aren't like on board with that, 
yeah, you're going to see your friends who you pr- were thick as these with probably less and less, but I don't think it's personal. You know, I think right. it's just, it's just life. You know, they go on to have families and do different things, jet setting, you know, some of them just <laughs> doing their own thing. Yeah. So it's just like, can I fault them on wanting to live their life, even though it might not be with me? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Resistance to that in this moment, if we're being honest. I don't think you can fault people for that. But what I'm coming to realize is that my view of friendship is very different than how other people view friendship. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so because of that, it is challenging to me because... Like, this is what I view as friendship is it's very much in alignment with like, okay, so let's fully get into it. I feel like, okay, you have a partner and kids or even mostly partners, really, but like you have a partner. So that is something that we identify in society as like lifelong, somebody you spend the rest of your life with, all of those things. Mm-hmm. What happens to the people who don't have partners? Do they just not have anybody? Because if friendships are not supposed to be at the same level, do they just not have anyone? Right. Um, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think <laughs> they're just going to have to find new friends. Shit. Because, I mean, who wants to be alone? I mean, like, unless you're like a hermit or like you got like serious right. social anxiety, then I don't see how I'd be like, OK, well, the same chicks I was kicking it with in high school or college or whenever. OK, they can be replaced. I can find other people like no matter. And, and that is no shade to them either. But like life does go on. I feel it has to, because if not, then what the hell? Like, <laughs> we, <laughs> I, like I said, like, yeah, I, I see that my grandparents have less and less friends, but that's not going to be me. I'm just using them as an example. Yeah, I feel yeah. like, you know, like, and even if I lose friends, I always said, I think I said this the last episode, I feel like I'll find those same types of friends through different individuals. Right. And I, I hear that and I understand that and I agree. I just also feel like if, Everyone else gets married or has long-term partnership. What happens to the one friend in the group who never does? Does that mean that they just have to go out and find all yeah. new friends? Yeah, kind of. I don't think that that is Dude, okay. No, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that it's okay, but I'm saying... That's the way it is. That's the way it is. I mean, think about it. They have like, that's their crew now. You know what I mean? They go on trips together. It's, it's the twos. There's no odds. You know, there's no odds. It's all evens and shit. That's that's hard for me. And I think that's part of the reason why the grieving and the letting go is challenging when it comes to friendships for me is I don't see it that way. Because I I feel like, you know, what's happening if one of y'all get a divorce? I'm not going to wish that on nobody. Um, what happens when if one of y'all becomes single again, right? Then you have to now find new friends too? Like that, I don't know. Why can't no, friendship that's when be they more come dragging back. Thing? No, that's right? when they come back and be like, hey, remember me? And then you'd be like, yes, but no. <laughs> we're not on the same page as we were 10 years ago. So, you know, I mean, you don't shun them. You know, like I said, you don't do, you do onto others how you want to be done, right? So like, you don't, you don't do what they did, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, it's now the ball is in your court. You get to do what you want to do, (laughs) whatever that may be, you know, um, in the relationship or, you know, move on. And I think 
for me, I, I would say for me, it would be like relationships, like not my friendships, but relationships. I think like each person that I was with or connected with, you know, how it's that like flight or fight. Like I don't see myself without them. And so I've been kind of in a way collecting exes where <laughs> like, I'm not saying that like, but we're all good. Like me and all of my exes are pretty much good. Um, I can call any of them, uh, which is probably not good. You know, (laughs) it's not, it's not good because I did, I let go, but here's the thing. I did really let go of that relationship. Like, cause I remember when I wasn't, you know what I mean? You just know, you feel, you know, the feeling I remember when Mm -hmm. I wasn't over it and how I would still, you know, continuously go back or try to see if it's going to work out or, you know, Oh, I'm just going to, let's just be friends and, you know, do, do that old song and dance and occasionally hook up and, you know, right. cause you're both lonely. And then, you know, there's <laughs> feelings that, that are unresolved that just, you know, but once I was for real, like came to grasp, like, okay, no, I'm letting this go. That grieving that happened. It happened. It happened. May have, yeah. took a year. It may have take, taken some time, but I've reached that destination. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's kind of like death, you know, except like you said, like they're still here, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm decide I can hang with you. We can be cool, but I also know what it is and what it was. And I don't think that you're going to change. Right. <laughs> I, I, I hung in there for a really long time before I made it to this destination. Right. You know? Absolutely. I, so, yeah. So what helps with the grieving process? If you even know, <laughs> you know, I would say, I don't know, just like full acceptance of who mm. they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to really do that with my last situation. Yeah, I hear you. It's full acceptance, I think, is really important because, at least for me, part of what stops me from being able to grieve or move into grieving is not quite being able to come to the that come to terms with what's happened or what's happening. It's like when you're still wanting something different, then it's hard to grieve. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely acceptance though I really <laughs> I'm really accepting them you know mm. because you've seen like a bunch of horrible things even if you don't want to admit it you've yep. seen a bunch of horrible things you've heard a bunch of horrible things um you were there for the treatment whether it was good <laughs> or bad however right. you made it up in your mind so once you've decided like man like this person's not, this is it. This is yeah. who they are. Um, I think it's really easy to move on now, but again, it takes time. And it's also sure. whether or not you have the the hope, like you said, like the desire of like wanting something or whatever. And for me, the dagger would always be like, I want something and I, this is the, this is the beast that I know, or this is, this is, sure. the, this is what I know. So I'll just deal with it. Because yeah. I know, I know this. Yeah. And so the, the outside, the foreign is more scary, mm-hmm. you know? So it's easier for you to like not start that process of grieving them or letting them go. Really. You can just stay there for years. Absolutely. <laughs> I've done it and, right. it's, and it's not good. You know, it's yeah. not good. Yeah. I hear that. Acceptance is definitely important. I agree with that. And someone told me that, uh, 
you should think of something bad about the person. Like every time you have a thought about them, just think of a negative thing they did to you. And then slowly but surely, like whatever, like ray of sunshine is just going to be completely diminished. And I was like, that's really kind of like messed up. I was like, I mean, I know you're trying to get over them, but like, right. they're but not. I don't want to hate them. They're, just like, <laughs> they're not Satan. I, I just think that's a little, you well, know, much. it's a little well, much. Whatever works. But if it works for you, I, I, right. <laughs> I tried that one time and it was. I just turned me into sour grapes. Like, right. And that was not a good look on Marlena. I was just so <laughs> bitter and just like, ugh. Like, you know, someone even tried to talk to me. I was just grossed out. Mm. And that's not something that you want. Like that person is a stranger. They have no idea what you're going through. Like, don't be stank. So, (laughs) you know, and I've just, my version of stankness though, is not rudeness. It's just complete, just like, you know, dismissive. Uninterested. Just like uninterested, unbothered, like, oh, okay, well, cool. Nice to meet you. (laughs) You know, it's like very dry. Right. Um, And so that's not good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that would make me more hateful. And I think that would make me start to regret even being in the situation in the first place. Because if they were so bad, why was I there in the first place? Like, I'd rather want to remember some good things because then I'm like, nice while it lasted, but it just didn't last any longer. And that's that's when you get the, and I wish I never met her (laughs) at all. I don't want to be in that place. I want to be like, oh, that was nice. That was warm and fuzzy when it was warm and fuzzy. Side note, that song also, although he does say he wish he never met her, that's totally not true. And he does (laughs) like have a little like at the bridge moment. He has a little nice things to say yeah maybe in another life you know things could be (laughs) you know right but i don't know i don't want to regret it though like it happened in this life and i want to i want to understand that that was something that i needed to go through for whatever reason for my own growth and i came out of it but i'm good (laughs) but i'm good (laughs) um does your like grief person tell you like tips? Do they give you tips or do they just kind of like just like just let it out, man? Let's just let's just <laughs> let it all go. Let's just talk about everything. What what is it? We're gonna take this after you do it and we're gonna wrap it in a little box and we're gonna fucking take it, <laughs> throw it out in the throw ocean. It it's gone. It's gone. If only it were that simple. Um So my therapist and I, because a lot of the grief triggers for me stuff from the past, childhood trauma or what have you, a lot of it is really coming into a space of recognizing what the belief system is about myself because of the fact that people don't show it, right? Like what is the the belief that now I have about myself or the thing that I feel about myself because people continue to not show up and have not shown up when I was younger. And so a lot of it is like figuring out what that is and moving through that space. Um, We also talk a lot about acceptance, which, you know, when you said that, I was like, yeah, that's something I struggle with. But I think also for me, the tip, especially when it comes to friendships, has been 
as I move forward, what did I learn in that dynamic? And how can I start to communicate my wants, needs, and desires sooner, earlier? What does it look like to find people who are more in alignment with my needs? And I think that has been the biggest piece. It's like, as I grieve, like, what did I learn from that experience? Rather than just being sad and upset about it, uh, rather than just internalizing it, it's taking something from it so that I can move forward in a way that is productive, (laughs) right? And if I can do that, then the grief becomes a little bit more, um, more of a healing process. As I learn something Mm. about myself, I'm able to grow and move from that space. I'm able to, you know, make adjustments and things of that nature. Uh, And not being so black and white, because in in my grieving, I'm like, well, if I'm grieving, they gone. But it's, they're not. Oh, they it's gray, man. Here. <laughs> it's so gray. It's not even funny. It's no way. Okay. Near, it's nowhere near black and white. It just it's can't not, be. No, because um, we are not black and white. Right. Even though it would be so so simple. much easier. And I would. I really sometimes. I guess that's like part of my like what I'm trying to change about myself is just asking for help. What did I learn? But please let me just learn. I've learned this lesson. Please let mm. this be the end of this because mm-hmm. I don't want to go through this again. Right. And part of me is a little snippy about it, I guess, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm over it. You know, I've come to terms with like, I don't want to learn anyone else in terms of my personal relationships, like friendships. Yeah, definitely. I'll network and meet new people, go out see new things, try new stuff. But in my like relationships, like what I desire, I don't want to guess anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. is it us or is it not us? Because if it isn't, then I can't live. I can't live in that gray. I can't live in the purgatory of relationships anymore. And I refuse to do that. It's, Mm -hmm. um, it's very tiresome. And I don't think You know, I don't say that these people have ill will or, you know, had the intention for things to turn out that it did. But I also know that if it wasn't it, like, I wish you could have told me three years ago. Right. However long, whatever situation is, it's like, I wish you could have told me after the first year, you know, because Mm -hmm. once it starts, keeps rolling and there's really no change. I mean, yes, it. I will take full responsibility of not letting go, but I also am like, can you cop to something? Yeah. Anything? Yeah. You know, that would that would give me some relief, but I also know that again, it, that's part of my controlling nature Mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh no, like, can't you just do this or whatever? I would do this, but like, not everybody is me, and I have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But it does oh. help. Like it helps if people are able to name like, hey, yeah, I should have said this sooner or I should have been more clear with you or I said this and I didn't stick with that. And I'm sorry. Right. Because right. I think if we can have some level of closure and some level of clarity that and accountability, helps. yes. <laughs> that helps to move into the grieving process and it helps us to let go and like even in friendships like a lot of these people like I know they love me I recognize it they it's clear and they're not showing up in the way that I need them to although saying like 
I want to show up for you. I'm going to do better, right? And that mm-hmm. makes it more challenging because now, like, how do I grieve someone who's telling me that they're going to actively do better and are not? Like, that's that's hard. So right. it would be nice if people would take accountability and show up and be more clear about what their capacity is and what their desires are. But right. that's their work, not ours. That's true. That you know, is just got to deal with the consequences of it, I guess. <laughs> whatever whatever that may be and however the cards may unfold yeah it is what it is it is what it is and we just have to be gentle with ourselves as we move well and that's really hard because we are our biggest critics I've said that all the time something my Mm -hmm. mom has told me probably my entire life but you gotta fight that because it's it can be debilitating Absolutely. So I won't go into that, but (laughs) (laughs) that is an episode for another day. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I guess that's that on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. It didn't make me feel any better, but here we are. (laughs) I told you. I told you, man. I called it at the beginning, guys. I was there. Play by play. Yeah. Anyway. This next segment is called Roses. Marlena, who do you want to give your rose to today? Well, we are coming to the end of June. And um, every time I think about the end of June, which is so bad because I have family members who have the exact same birthday as this Mm. date. And so while... I still celebrate them. It is a very challenging day for me because it's the day of uh, when Michael Jackson was sent to whatever next plane there is after this life. Mm. And I don't, I don't know if anybody knows this, but I'm a huge fan of, yeah, on another level. (laughs) And so June 25th is always really hard for me. And so, Mm. I don't know, I wanted to give my roses to MJ because I don't really talk about him a lot. Um, I might, I post a lot of pictures, go to like dance parties. I kind of, you know, do my own thing because I don't want to bore people with like my fandom or like how I feel about him. Sure. So I don't really talk about Michael Jackson a lot. I just try to keep the music you know, to talk his story or to be his legacy. So, you know, listening, posting pictures, all that jazz. But I don't know. I was looking at a picture of him today and, you know, I have him in my house. I have like a few things up with him. And this was actually something that came across my phone just on Instagram. Like I wasn't even looking for it. And it was a picture of him, but it was towards like the late nineties for me. And, you know, his skin was just like completely like white by then. Right. Mm. And so he's smiling though, dude. It's this picture. He has this like huge grin and he's just smiling. And that picture like caught me off guard for a second because I was just like, damn, man, like, I wonder if he really knew the magnitude of what he did for music or what he did for for, you know, people and generations to come, Mm -hmm. you know, how he has inspired so many 
artists, people mimic him. I mean, you know, and this is a kid that came out in the late 60s. Right. You know? And now we're in 2021 and he's been dead for 12 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, when when I've remembered it's been 12 years since 2009, I was like, damn, man, like <laughs> 12 right. years. I, I It just doesn't even seem right. Um mm-hmm. And so I just always just wondered if he knew, you know, and it didn't matter if he was, you know, dark skin, brown skin, light skin, all the way to basically a color that's not even really white. You know, it didn't look like a a regular white person. Okay, MJ was walking around here looking really weird. I will go on record saying that I will never dispute his looks changing so abruptly. Right. Right. But he was an artist at the end of the day. And so as time went on, he changed, he evolved, whether that was good or bad, you know, even to his demise of wanting to be the perfectionist. And, you know, at the end, the way he went out, you know, 50 shows they signed him up for at the age of Mm -hmm. 50, you know, and I'm not saying that he could have done it. I believe that he could have done it, but that is like really bizarre. A lot, yeah. And it's a lot, especially for someone who hasn't been touring. Yeah. You know, but that's just what a phenomenon he was. Right. And so I just want to give him his roses. You know, I never knew him, obviously, but he really affected my life and a mm-hmm. lot of people's lives. Um, you know, and I think even just as Americans, you know, like, for, yes, Michael Jackson was black. He was proud to be black regardless what anybody says but as Americans like he is a national treasure like you know regardless of whatever bogus rumors and things out there about him like he was a national treasure yeah and um you know I think as black people like I'm so proud Mm. so shout out to Michael I hope he's you know resting well or giving him hell up there in heaven and (laughs) moonwalking on him one time and just having everybody just so glamored by his gloriness absolutely but i will say he was used a lot (laughs) (laughs) i will say that he was used and abused okay so if he is up there i hope he is at peace for sure like and not you know being freaking ran this way and that way or whatever because like he was the money maker he was he was it you know there's never going to be another situation like that I mean, the next closest thing would be Beyonce and, you know, I'm sorry, Beehive. I am a fan. I'm a big fan of Beyonce, but I'm sorry. Like, no, she's not Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. She is Beyonce. So let her be Beyonce. But that's right. No. Yeah. (laughs) That's my story. I'm sticking to it. All right. Shout out to MJ. So, Katrina, who are you giving your roses to this week? So, I was having a hard time selecting just one person. And I was like, I'll just give my roses to all of them. But I have been acutely aware of and following the stories of all of these Black women in all of these different sports who are qualifying for the Summer Olympics this year. And I feel so proud of all of them. Like there, there is so yes, it's amazing, and I'm loving seeing it. And when I was looking at some of the lists, like a lot of track stars, a lot of um, gymnasts, but there's also like we're in sports that we don't usually 
see ourselves in, which makes me really proud as well. Like there's mm-hmm. swimmers, there's a, a, a rugby player, like there's water polo. Like we are in soccer, all of these different sports that we don't normally get to see ourselves in. And I think it's just so beautiful to see the amount of representation coming from black women, the amount of power, the amount of skill, like we are really killing the game right now. And I'm so excited. Like I want to go to Tokyo at this point. I've never wanted to go to Tokyo a day in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Maybe, maybe once. I don't know. It, it'd really be on the whirlwind. Like, really, right. like someone would have to be like, we're going, to, we have to go to Tokyo because of right. blah, blah, X, Y, and Z. And you have to do this. And I'm like, fuck, okay, I guess. But yeah. I don't think I actually want to go there. No, but, it's never been something I've thought about before. But I'm like, yo, but they're not letting people in because of COVID. But like, if they were, we might be on a flight to Tokyo because I want to see all these Black women out there winning. Like, I'm really excited about this. So I'm giving yeah. my roses to these Black women that is killing the game in all the sports for Summer Olympics 2021. Taking all the things. All, all the, things. the things. Yes. Um, yeah, my favorite part about that is the fact that they wearing their hair and they nails Girl. and they just out there like, and Be what? Themselves. You got a problem? <laughs> you you want some? What? You talking to fully me? Fully black. <laughs> yeah. Like, fully black, no cover-ups. Like, the representation is wide. It is vast. It is regular, simple black women, like not the put together, not the way that society wants us to be and all the things like they are just out here being everything that they are. And I love every moment of it. And I'm just so excited. Every time I see another one has qualified, I'm like, oh, this is so amazing and so beautiful. And I'm so excited. So shout out to all of these women for doing the things that they do well for showcasing their talents for showing up as themselves for representing black folks like this it's amazing it feels really good yeah shout out to them man say it loud i'm black and i'm proud olympics will never be the same they won't (laughs) because we coming for you well that's another episode of excess baggage Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Excess Baggage Pod. That's Excess Baggage P O D. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review on the podcast app in Spotify. And remember to pack light and keep it tight. Faux show. Sure.